What's up, Wildside besties and baddies? I'm Bailey. And I'm Chelsea. And we're here to walk you through the wild sides. From homicides to hostides and everything in between. We're so glad you're here. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Yeah, so I had a breakdown today. No. (laughs) Why? So I had my like 84th flat tire of the year. Mm -hmm. And so we had to rent a car and we got this snazzy electric car. Ooh. Shiny. I know. And it's my first time dealing with electric car. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm getting to work and it's like you only have, you know, X amount of miles before your battery dies, essentially. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I find a charging station, I plug it in, and yep. I start charging it, and after about 15 minutes, I try to unplug it, and I cannot. Cannot, cannot unplug it. <laughs> release! Release! And the area where I was at, nobody spoke English, And nobody (laughs) did electric car stuff. And I'm on the phone with Zach and I'm like Googling how to unplug. And everyone's like, just unplug it. And I'm like, that's not working. If you tell me to fold in the cheese one more time. One more time. (laughs) And so 45 minutes later, after I'm translating everything, I finally figure out I have to like scan my debit card again. So it's like, oh, you were the one who originally paid for this. So now you can authorize to disconnect it. And then I disconnected it and I rolled into work an hour late. You know, um, I feel like at the rate that technology is advancing, like I am quickly becoming like a boomer, right? Like I am becoming the equivalent of a boomer because I'm like, I don't understand. So my friend just got a, she just got a Tessie. She just got a Tesla. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Alexa. How many bitches can you fit in a Tesla? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she can only fit five bitches because she opted to not get the third row seat in her tussie hannah and that's too many bitches rolling in your tesla i you know it is like the magical world of electric cars and she is like this is great i love it i can make the car fart at people and i'm like that's super cool that's a whole thing she was like yeah and i drove all the way down to east texas and it only cost me 30 bucks and i'm like well, yeah. I mean, it usually costs me 30 bucks because I have to stop at Bucky's. I have to get a snack. I have to get a Celsius energy drink type of thing. For sure. And she's like, no, Chelsea, it co- like cost me $30 to In power up. In electricity. And I was like, como say what? And she was like, yeah, you plug them in, you find, you know, you find your buckies, but instead of going to the pump where you spill gas all over the ground and then have to apologize to people around you, you go to the electric pump and you plug it in 
and you charge it for however many minutes and you talk to all the other people who are charging their Tessies and you're just like, hey, bestie with the Tessie. And I'm like, it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, no. I, okay, that makes sense. I do not want to get on a big government rant. Okay. But I had the most. <laughs> but here had, we are. <laughs> but I had the most intrusive thought when you were talking about this. And I'm like, okay, so if we were in I Am Legend with Will Smith. Yes, yes. And, you know humankind cease to exist correct how the fuck are you going to power your electric car because you have to have a credit card and the banks don't work like what are you going to do i don't know i mean i don't know george orwell right i think isn't he 1984 (laughs) i think he predicted this a long time ago so all i'm saying is You know, when humanity collapses and it's, you know, zombies or whatever the fuck we're left with, then we won't have gas and we still won't have electricity. Yeah. (laughs) We still won't have any electricity for our vehicles. I don't know. I. Yeah, I don't know. But I might get a Tesla, so I might I might be part because it sounds like a pretty cool cult. (laughs) But it is again. Yeah, but, and you, the only requirement is the first time you drive it, you have to drive it into the junior high that you're subbing at, blaring Young Gravy's Tesla song. <laughs> They're going to be like, you lit, you know, what is it? Oh, what is it? You a W, Chelsea. And I'm like, what's a, what's a W? w? You're a winner. Oh, you a W. You a dubs. You would dubs. Well, um, you know who's not a winner? Mm, who? The dude in this case. No. <laughs> I mean, I feel like just one time I want us to have like, but he was actually, she was actually a really great guy. I actually really have great... one of those. Oh, good. Okay. Because I really want one there to be like, actually, it was just, it just kind of how ha- it just slipped. Like when you accidentally cuss in front of your parents when you're 11 and you're like, ooh, it, yeah. it just slipped. It was just a lapse of judgment. Well, I have one of those up my sleeves. I have like three or four cases that I'm like researching and typing up right now. And then we'll have to figure out the order that will release them to everyone. But I do have one of those for you. But today is not one of those days. Today is not one of those days. Not the day. Not the day mm-hmm. for okay. greatness. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who who do we have? Who do we have on the docket? So today we are going to be talking about the horrific death of Melody Roar. Melanie Roar. Melody. Wanna... Oh, Melody. I want to hear you. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Melody Roar. Okay. So we're going to start the story at the very beginning. And the story begins on Monday, September 20th, 2021. So this is a pretty recent case. So it started on Monday. Yep. 2021. Post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. 
So on Monday, September 20th, when the Van Buren's Sheriff Department in Three Rivers, Michigan, got a call from a man named Richard Rohr. Okay. Richard had called to report his wife, Melody, missing. No. Where are you, Melody? Earlier that morning, Melody was doing her thing. She headed out for her daily, I put walk jog, because all the reports said she was either walking or jogging. And I'm not really sure which one. She could have been power walking. walking. Yeah, I was (laughs) going to say she could have been power walking, which that would be my exercise of choice. Yeah. So she was out. I'm just for the rest of the episode, I'm going to call it power walking. So just know that the report said jog or walk, and I'm not sure. Okay. Um, So earlier that morning, Melody had headed out on her daily power walk that was a part of her super normal routine. Okay. While on the phone with authorities, Richard, her husband, had asked for, was asked for descriptions and if he knew the route of her walk, right? They're Mm -hmm. asking about the basic information. Right. He was able to describe Melody as a 64-year-old Caucasian woman with brown hair, brown eyes, and he knew that she was wearing her glasses that day, as she normally did, and she was wearing a yellow raincoat. As for the route of her walk, he was not super sure which direction she went because I put holla holla at your girl Melody because she probably was a true crime fan and knew not to take the same route every day. Like, how cute are you being 64 and power walking every day? She is the epitome of sunshine. And we're going to, like, she gets cuter. She just gets cuter. I know. And so Richard would later tell authorities that that morning had started out like any other day. And how many of these cases do we get that are like it started out like any day? No big deal. It was totally normal. Just a regular Tuesday. It was a taco Tuesday. Oh, it was was, um, just another manic Monday. I was going to say a meatloaf Monday, but yours is way better. (laughs) If you grew up in South Mississippi, you loved Chicken Spaghetti Monday or Meatloaf Monday. Oh, that was the best. That was the best. Shout out to Hancock County Cafeteria Ladies. Oh, y'all, you made edible dreams come true with chicken and rectangle pizza. Dude, it was so... Allie, it was a W. It was a win. It was a W, yeah. So Richard had said that Melody would go for her power walk near Oak Shores Campground where they were staying, and she usually would be gone like an hour or two, right? So she took uh-huh. a, a pretty good good long walk. And Richard would soon share with investigators that as his unease began to build as the time crept past the point she was supposed to be home Mm -hmm. she was still not home so he tried calling her phone repeatedly but it kept going straight to voicemail Ooh, isn't that everybody's biggest fear it it really mm. and you know kind of i'm gonna do just a a quick 
I think we have so much security and so much safety, like this this facade of safety and security, because we do. We, I mean, we're pretty fortunate to live in a day and age of technology. Like I think about this all the time with these cases where I'm like, I would do the find my phone. I would be able to track my person because I would I have the find my phone and they would give me where they are. But phones can still be turned off. Phones can still go straight yeah. to voicemail. Mm-hmm. Now, as just a little disclaimer for this next part, there were really pretty solid varying reports for this next piece. So I'm not really sure what the truth was, but I just mm-hmm. kind of put in one that came from a pretty credible source. Mm-hmm. So Richard had claimed that because of this, right, she hadn't been home her phone was going to voicemail. He called up some of his family members and they went to search for Melody. So they drove the roads that she was known to walk. Just, you know, that's what anybody would do. That's the next right. option. Yeah. Yeah. So according to Lacey James's article in WBCK News, during their search for Melody, family members were able to find one of her shoes on 84th Street near 48th Street which was not too far from where they were staying. Okay. This is when Richard decided to call the Van Buren Sheriff's Department to make an official missing persons report, as you would, right? Right. When you find one shoe. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. That's another one of those like horrifying images for me. I don't know what, I, I just am like, the one shoe thing. I I don't know. There's something mm-hmm. about that that just gives me the chills. Yeah. Because nobody that is able and up and walking and doing their own thing is going to just leave a shoe. I know. I know. Right? Yes. So with all of this, the investigators quickly arrived on scene to begin the missing persons investigation. They would soon be able to identify that Melody had last been seen walking along County Road 215 in Hamilton Township, which, again, was not far from the Oak Shores campground where they had been staying at. Right. Uh, oh, OK. They were. They are, were they RV? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. Did I yeah. miss that? No, I'm going to get to that. Oh, sorry. I, no, I, okay. I'm a spoiler. I That's just, I am Chelsea the spoiler. No, it's okay. So as the investigation into Melody's disappearance began, the panicked mystery of what happened to Melody would soon lead to a nauseating and wildly horrific tale. <laughs> no. I know. No. So this next part. I think it's important to shine some light on who Melody Rohrer was to understand just how tragic her death was. Melody Rohrer was born on August 22nd. She Mm. was a Leo, Uh 1957 in Three Rivers, Michigan, to Durwood and Betty Birch and was one of six children. Melody grew up in the Three Rivers area, attended Three Rivers High School, and just a year after graduating from high school, Melody Rohr married Richard Rohr on June 12th, 1976, where they remained married until their death, until her death. Okay. Over the years since their marriage, Melody and Richard went on to have three daughters, Stacy, Brooke, and Jill, 
And according to Melody's obituary, Stacy died. I don't know when or how, but Brooke and Jill were the two remaining children who are still alive when she passed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Richard and Melody would eventually become loving and doting grandparents to four amazing grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I know. Oh, Gammy. Gammy Mel. Melody's family reported that Melody loved spending time with her family and friends, especially spoiling her grandchildren, right? (laughs) She's just the cutest. Melody enjoyed camping, painting, arts and crafts, music, exercising, and taking care of herself, right? Because she power walked every day like a boss. I want to hashtag I want to be that. That is what I want to be when I am 64. I want to be painting and power walking and loving on grandkids. Uh She is living my dream life. She gets better. No. So on top of being what sounds like, I put in all caps, a damn near perfect human being. Throughout her life, Melody worked as, do you want to guess what she worked as? She was a freaking volunteer, animal shelter, homeless soup feeder, (laughs) baby rocker, quilting, Close. (laughs) Close. She worked as a nurse. Tapping into her natural, empathetic, and driven nature. Of course she did. Of, of course, course she was. Was a sweet little candy striper nurse. Yeah. She began her career as an RN at Silver Cross Hospital in Joliet, Illinois, working with cardiac care patients. After leaving Silver Cross, she returned back to Michigan in 2001, where she spent the remainder of her career working at Bronson Hospital in the antepartum and postpartum unit. Oh, Melody. And you power walked all the time to yeah. keep yourself healthy and fit so that you could better take care of others. You put mm-hmm. your oxygen mask on first and then mm-hmm. assisted the mm-hmm. others. Yeah, she did. Her family reported that Melody loved being an advocate for her patients as well as mentoring many new nurses as they entered their careers in nursing. Thank you so much for this episode. We've now concluded the episode. <laughs> We're going to leave it here. We're going to leave J- it after the JK, next paragraph. <laughs> JK, she actually did not lose her one shoe. She's actually still being the cutest thing ever. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah. Yeah. I wish. I wish. Oh. <laughs> After a long, successful career as a nurse, Melody decided to retire in 2017. This is the cutest, okay? She and her husband, Richard, really wanted to live retirement life to the full. So after retirement, they became full-time RVers and and started a literal, quote, embrace the journey tour of America. (laughs) this embrace the journey tour consisted of their wishes to visit family friends historical landmarks and national parks you know living the dream they're living their best life these are the type of hobbies guys when we say get a better hobby be melody be melody please 
please yes. take care of others and then go with your cute husband on an what was it embrace the what was it embrace, embrace the retirement the, embrace the journey embrace the journey like retire with your husband go on an RVing adventure those are the hobbies we're talking about when we say get a better hobby mm-hmm. for sure do 100% that. yeah do that be, we need a hashtag be like melody hashtag be like melody okay i feel like we can maybe drop that soon yeah so now that we have a pretty good idea of who melody roar was as a person it's safe to say that at least on her end of things there was nothing shady going on she wasn't having affairs she wasn't embezzling from companies she wasn't sneaking off to worship in some satanic cult unbeknownst to her husband and family right right yeah she was just she was Bluebell homemade ice cream country vanilla. She's 100%. You can always count on it. It's so good every time. Period. 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 In the story. Yeah, she threw some respect on that. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Melody was just going on her power walk, taking care of herself, and enjoying the retirement that she rightly deserved. So it's no surprise that when investigators arrived to Richard and Melody's residence, Richard conveyed the same sentiment to them. He was adamant that this was totally out of nature for Melody, and he was clearly concerned about his wife of 45 years. Thankfully, investigators believed Richard and began to hit the ground running in finding Melody. So I'm just glad it was one of those cases that they acted quickly. Yeah, and it wasn't like, well, I mean, she probably just wanted to go get a taco, go to the store. She'll probably be back. Yeah. One of the first things investigators did in hopes of finding Melody was to trace her cell phone. Pretty logical first step. Yeah. She had always carried it with her and on her when she would go for her power walks. Mm Mm-hmm. According to Lauren Kummer of Fox 17 West Michigan, investigators soon discovered that the SIM card that was in Melody's phone had been placed into an unknown Samsung device a short time after the incident had likely occurred, whatever the incident was. What? Where do you even find the SIM card? Hashtag I'm a boomer. I, I am. I'm the youngest boomer I know. Who does this stuff? And and I just added, let me say real quick, I am ignorant as well when it comes to this stuff. I had no idea that that was a thing. I had no idea that if, like, say I put my SIM card in another phone, that that would be traceable. I mean, it makes sense when I say it out loud. But when I was reading it, I was like, wow, that's that's really advanced stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. So on that note, after subpoena, subpoenaing Melody's phone records, the Van Buren County Sheriff's Department were able to identify that when the SIM card was removed from Melody's phone and placed in an unknown Samsung device, they were also able to identify in which phone the SIM card was placed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because of this, investigators were able to 
hone in on a super solid lead in this missing person's case pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do a quick side note. I had I had to research for a um, like U.S. government class just recently, and they were talking about this falls under one of the you know, one of the amendments, and that is kind of a big thing, is this idea of privacy and what can be used in a case and what is kind of encroaching on your privacy as far as, you know, cell phone use and, you know, like pinging at a tower and stuff like that. So I think that this is kind of a new-ish thing that the law, if you will, is still having to kind of navigate around on what they can allow in court, what they can't allow in court, what is an infringement of privacy as far as like these SIM cards and all this stuff. Like it's it's kind of a whole thing right yeah, now. It's interesting. The this whole SIM card and phone and and also they were tracking the phone pings as well. So not only the uh-huh. SIM card but the phone pings off of the towers. Uh huh. So the whole SIM card and phone ping situation led investigators to their prime suspect just the day after Melody's husband reported her missing. Okay. So on Tuesday, the day after. Van Buren County investigators tracked Melody's SIM card to a nearby Walmart parking lot in Oshtimo Township. Okay. Or Oshtimo, not really sure. Osh- yeah. Sitting in the parking lot in a severely front-end damaged black F-150 was that of 29-year-old Colby Delia Martin. Why was your front end damaged, Colby? After searching him, this is when they discovered Melody's cell phone. He still had her cell phone. Why do you have her cell phone, Colby? And obviously, they quickly detained Martin and took him to the Van Buren County Sheriff's Office to begin the interrogation process. And, you know... Obviously, it doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to think, hmm, if this woman was reported missing and you have her phone, then chances are you have something to do with it. Come on, man. I also wanted to add that there um, is the full interrogation video is on YouTube and Mm. I'll link it in the show notes. It's like it's like almost two hours long. Oh, okay. And so a lot of that, I got the, like, just pieced together some of the information. Okay. So when in the, when in the interrogation room, Martin was doing the whole thing. He was rubbing his face. He was crying. He was working up them alligator tears. Mm -hmm. For the first probably 30 to 60 minutes of the interrogation, Martin walks investigators through what he would reveal to be an accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to tell you something. I almost I almost hit a bicyclist when we lived in Colorado because they were just way not 
on their little line that they're bicycling on, it was a hilly area, you know, like I come up over this hill and I, it was a full blown one second panic attack because I straight up almost ran over this bicyclist. Like I get it, man. Like you're out on the road, you're trying to share the road, especially, you know, luckily I was paying attention, but it can happen. Accidents can happen. Your feeling, your spoiler is really strong this episode. Oh no. So my literal next sentence was spoiler alert, it was not an accident, so do not feel bad for him. Because <laughs> 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 I had a feeling that when I was typing this up, she's gonna be like, Well, to be fair, you know, stuff can happen. And so I was just like, you know what? Spoiler alert. Just everybody. You know- I'm going to stop you right there, Chelsea. I'm going to go ahead and let you know you're wrong. It was not an accident. Mm-hmm. He's a teenage dirtbag. Martin said <sighs> that he was driving around and was in an area that was not super familiar to him. So apparently he kind of twisted the story, gave the story that like his parents were sick and he you know, didn't want to be in the house with them. So he was just, you know, joy riding in areas that he wasn't familiar with. Mm-hmm. He reported that while he was in this unknown area, driving down the road, an older woman who had turned out to be Melody Roar kind of came out of nowhere, according to him. Mm-hmm. Right. He told investigators that after he had struck her with his f-150 truck he panicked in this video he starts crying and is all just like i panicked i should have called y'all first but i didn't know what to do and they're like yeah you probably should have called us so you take her sim card out of her phone because you panicked after you hit her right so what does martin do after he strikes melody with his truck Well, he eventually tells investigators that after striking and killing her with his truck, he proceeded to hide her body in the next county over on a road called Purgatory Road that's near the Three Rivers State Game area. So like a wildlife park, kind of. That's Cap. Mm Mm-hmm. With details given by Martin... And with the help of the cell phone pings, police were able to find the location of Melody's death where Martin had struck her with his vehicle. At the scene, police found pieces of a vehicle, a Ford emblem, a shoe, raincoat, and a baseball cap. Chelsea's given a really, like, weird face, like, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, no. I don't know what you're cooking, but it doesn't smell good. Martin. (laughs) Afterwards, again, with the help of Martin's confession and the cell phone ping data, police were able to locate Melanie's body the day after her disappearance. So this is all within a day that they were able to track him down. And he they interrogated him and he took him to her body. So I don't love any of these cases. But I have to say, I do love it when it's like, and within 24, 48 hours, there's some closure, you know, like we have a body. So I have to say that does make me happy. 
I don't like that Mama Melody is found, but I'm super glad that she was found quickly. Mm -hmm. That makes me happy. Yeah. So this next part will not. (laughs) She was found nude, and it was determined that her cause of death was from blunt force trauma. The manner of death was eventually ruled as a homicide. Chelsea's Chelsea's jaw is on the floor. Stop it. Why was she nude? Why was she nude? Why was she not in her sweet yellow raincoat? With this semi-confession from Martin, and due to Michigan law structure, he was charged with four felonies. Two homicide charges, including open murder and manslaughter with a motor vehicle. Failure to stop at a scene of an accident when at fault and concealing the death of an individual, which makes okay. sense, right? If it were yeah. kind of like a hit and run, a hit and bury Is and run. A hit and a hit and hide? A hit. Yeah, I don't know. This is where shit gets wild. Stop. <laughs> no. In the end, the end. It just happened. It was an accident. The end. (laughs) So any trigger warning that I can give, I'm giving it. I'm giving all the trigger warnings. I'm in a very vulnerable state right now. So if this, if you guys are triggered by really horrific stuff other than murder, then you should probably skip forward like, I don't know, 30 or 45 seconds. Now... (laughs) As Martin is detained, investigators are still hard at work trying to figure out the details of Melody's death. Whether it was truly an accidental vehicular homicide or whether it was intentional. So while investigators are doing what they do, they begin to pull records for Martin's phone and home computer. What they find changes the entire direction and dynamic of this case. According to another article by Lauren Crummer with Fox 17 West Michigan, one Van Buren County Sheriff's Office investigator would later tell the court that the phone and data evidence was crucial in this case, noting that it placed him at the scene of the crime and then moved towards the area where the body was found, but not before stopping in an undisclosed location for a period of time. And I put in all caps, why would Martin's phone records show the location of the crime, move to an undisclosed location for a matter of time, and then finally end at the location where they found Melody's body? What are you doing on that detour, Martin? And I will tell you in just a second. So again, while investigators are going through Martin's stuff, right, truck, home, phone, computers, all of it, they find things that they just weren't expecting or prepared to find. What they found was a long history of nefarious activities in Martin's browser history. Do you want to guess specifically in regard to what? Necropants. According to an article by Alberto Luperon, Dan Frutat, sorry, 
Dan Fratura, a former detective with the Van Buren County Sheriff's Office, would later testify at Martin's trial that on August 24, 2001, which was almost a month before Melody's death, Martin's phone records showed that the word quote-unquote necro appeared in Martin's phone at least 22 times in just that one day alone. And I literally put, and I don't mean necro pants. <laughs> We are sisters. We have the same brain. I am. I wish everybody could understand how not scripted this stuff is. Like, I really do truly wish that you guys could understand that I have no idea what is going on. I just know Chelsea. I just know what she's thinking and what she's going to say. And I put in all caps and I don't mean necro pants. I should have put Chelsea. Spoiler. Martin was searching for necrophilia. On top of that, according to an article by Michael Krafsik at News Channel 3, Martin's search for pornography involving dead or unconscious women immediately after Roar was reported missing. I need you to shut your mouth when you're talking to me. It was okay. That he, he looked something up after he hit her is that, like is this the timeline that i'm understanding in my brain like mm -hmm. she was struck by a vehicle and then after that he had the audacity to do a search his searches were like before kind of during and after and do you remember the evidence from the phone records that he stopped at an undisclosed location prior to dumping melody's body where did he go i'm i'm not entirely sure i'm sure the exact location is floating around there i really didn't want to look it up to be honest with you so what i gather is that after he killed her he stopped at an undisclosed location he proceeded to sexually assault her body while he was searching pornography involving dead or unconscious women. Chelsea's just shaking her head no. According to an article by Michael Martin at Fox 17 West Michigan, Investigators were able to identify that in the days immediately prior to and after Roar's death, Martin, like I said, had made multiple online searches related to necrophilia as well as sexual assault. Also, it was reported that Martin visited an online sex chat room while in possession of Melody's body. Why was he in that chat room? I don't know. What information was he sharing in that chat room? Who was listening to this information being shared? I, I don't know, but I feel like this chat room is worse than the Cannibal Cafe that Armin was visiting. Uh, a thousand percent worse. One thousand percent 
Shame on you for shame. Mm-hmm. Boo. Slime. Filth. Filth. Yeah. Sheriff Abbott at Van Buren County Sheriff's Office stated, quote, I think he was driving around looking for a victim. And unfortunately, she happened to be in a desolate area and he was able to commit the crime right there, end quote. Despite leading the sheriff's office to her body, Martin continued to maintain that he hit her on accident and denied having any kind of sexual involvement with the body. Part of the reason why Bailey and I want to cover this stuff is because we want to try to bring good and we want to try to bring awareness to some of the evil so that you can, number one, keep yourself safe, but also to know that this is this is not okay. Mm-hmm. It makes me really mad. Yeah, I know. It's it's really it's really really horrific however over the next couple of years because we all know that when something happens it takes years in a criminal justice system mm-hmm. over the next couple of years during the investigation evidence was eventually found that proved premeditation in the murder of melody roar police were able to find video surveillance from a car wash in white pigeon which was where martin was living at the time a kind of like a town over it's a town called white pigeon they found video surveillance of martin cleaning out his car and disposing of items in the garbage investigators said that they would later find because they went there and collected this that they found articles of clothing and bloody paper towels what's more is that investigators would find the quote-unquote like smoking gun if you will They found a used condom in the trash and in Martin's truck. And so one report was, there were like three different reports. One was in his truck, one was in the trash, and then there was two in both the trash and truck. So I'm not really sure, but they found it. Right. Okay. Both, both Martin, Colby Martin, and Melody Roar's DNA was on it. As it turns out, acting on his fantasies, Colby Martin sought out and deliberately hit a woman with his car, killing her, before moving her body to an undisclosed location in order to engage in sexual acts with the dead victim. This victim was Melody Rohrer, who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So two years after the tragic murder of Melody Rohr, the, f- the time finally came for Colby Martin's sentencing in her murder. On June 14th, 2023, just after one and a half hours of deliberations by a jury, Colby Martin was found guilty on three counts, including one count for premeditated first-degree murder, And just a few weeks later, on July 31st, 2023, so just a few months ago, Van Buren County Circuit Judge Kathleen Brickley sentenced Colby Martin to life in prison without the possibility of parole. According to an article in CBS Detroit, Judge Judge Brickley was quoted as saying, 
It's never given me joy to impose the sentence of life in prison without even the possibility of parole. But in this case, it does give me an extraordinary sense of relief. Relief in knowing that you will never have the chance to crash both literally and figuratively into a family's life again, drowning them in heartache and agony. And to leave it with this, needless to say, Melody's family was beyond traumatized and devastated with the unfolding events. They were present in the trial and sentencing of Colby Martin to make sure that he stays behind bars. Again, according to an article by Alberto Luperon, quote, uh, excuse me, Rick Rohr was quoted as saying this. The murder of my wife, Melody, has and will continue to have a profound effect on me and my family for the rest of our time on Earth. She is my forever best friend, my forever soulmate, a love that cannot be replaced, end quote. And it's been reported that Rick Richard has been working with the state of Michigan because Michigan currently has no laws about engaging in sexual activity with a corpse. He's been working with the governor's office about creating a Melody's Law to receive justice for victims and their families. I am so like, oh gosh, sorry guys. I am, ooh, sorry. I am so proud of her husband. Like I am so proud of him for taking something. Oh man, we're gonna have to cut this out. Holy crap. Um, <clears throat> I am so, so proud of her husband for taking something as absolutely horrendous and unfair and awful and ugly as this. And I'm so proud of him for advocating and for trying to make something like try to redeem it in some way, shape or form, because I mean, that's that really is the bottom line is you can't fight evil with evil. And I'm so proud of her husband for like, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to take this and do something uh, productive and try to redeem this in some shape, way, or form. Like, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Rohr, for being the type of people that this world needs. Yeah. And I also just want to say, because I think it's fair to cover both sides, I also want to say that if you know anybody that you know, which you probably wouldn't, but if anybody struggles with maybe really significantly devious fantasies, there are lots of people out there, like therapists, I know a handful of them myself, who literally specialize in helping you work through really dark deviant boundary violating behaviors so i just you know make colby a a worst case scenario and don't be that get help before it gets too late because you know that this guy has been having these thoughts for years absolutely you don't wake up one day and say 
I want to murder somebody and have sex with a corpse. That's not something that you just no. wake up with. This has been like with Armin. It it started early, early on and it built and it built and it built and secrets keep you sick. So the best thing you can do is talk about it before you get so overrun by delusion and compulsion and impulsivity. Take care of it because we need more melodies in the world and less Colby's. Absolutely. If you're struggling with something, I encourage you to be brave enough to take that first step and and talk about it, expose it. And if you are on the receiving end of it, if somebody tells you and confides in you something that is, you know, like, eh, that's kind of raising some red flags, be bold enough to say, I think you might need a little bit of help. Like, I love you. I'm here for you as a friend, but, you know, I, I think you need some help and let me help you with that. Mm -hmm. Totally. And unfortunately for these super dark kind of fantasies and deviant thoughts and impulsions, a lot of people won't know, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the hard part. But mm -hmm. if you, you know, if for some reason your family member or your friend confides in you, just, just reach out. Because like I said, there are therapists who literally specialize they have mm -hmm. what's called like CSATs, Certified Sex Addiction Therapist. Um, they have PSATs, which is Pastoral Sex Addiction Therapy. So, mm -hmm. I mean, the, whatever niche of issues you have, there are therapists who specialize in helping you through those. So that was a heavy one. Um, and that's why I said at the beginning, a nauseous, wild like horrifically wild and, and nauseating uh, story. But that is the tragic, tragic murder and death of Melody Rohr, who was the greatest, sweetest person. You now you did say there was no. Yes, it was premeditated, excuse me, premeditated, but it was not specifically Melody. Right. No. It, it could have been anybody. He just knew that that was something that he decided that he was going to do and i think just... i think in a really unfortunate way the stars kind of aligned for him mm -hmm. i and this is just just my opinion it does not mean that i'm correct i don't think that he necessarily went out convinced that he was going to follow through because that's usually mm -hmm. what i hear when i work with mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. um but I think he went out entertaining the idea. And then when he saw her on that desolate, abandoned kind of stretch of road, I, I think he he acted before he, he couldn't stop himself. And yeah. I don't mean that to sound like he's this victim who is like, oh, poor him. I just mean... I do think that there was premeditation, but I also think that it was, a, was in a super impulsive behavior because... The thing with, if I would bet my left toe that Colby Martin is a sex addict, um, but he's also a sexual offender. And kind of fun fact, only like 10% of sex addicts fall into sexual offender categories. Okay. So it's pretty rare. That Venn diagram is very small. And so most sex addicts just, you know, pay for sex or 
have sex with multiple people and, and there's a lot of infidelity or compulsive masturbation or pornography and stuff like that. Um, but this is, I think we can say that Colby Martin is an outlier, right? He, mm-hmm. this isn't a super typical state of mind and fantasy and obsession. I'm not saying it, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's definitely out there. I I think that it, again, in a really tragic way, the stars just kind of aligned for for this overlap. But again, like we were made for community. And like Bailey said, there truly are people who want to help you in that ugliness. But you're not going to get that if you kill somebody. Right. You, you're no, not going to get you're no. not going to get any help or sympathy. You're not going to get any rehabilitation. And so, again, it's better to act now as far as seeking treatment and support and rehabilitation. Um, there are some really great programs in the United States specifically, but also worldwide that specifically cater to um, sexual offending, mm-hmm. like sexual offender programs. They have sex addiction programs. They've got all sorts of residential inpatient treatment options for individuals struggling with this stuff so it's available bailey can you put those can you put some of those resources in our show notes sure yeah so that was our kind of end rant if you will because i think chelsea and i needed to process the the horrific stuff that we just talked about mm-hmm. it's probably good for you guys to do that too so We appreciate you for tuning in and tagging along through this wild ride. And if you haven't heard it today, you are loved, worthy, valuable, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye, guys. Hey, Wildside Tribe, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wildside Podcast. Make sure to tune in on Wildside Wednesdays. New episodes will drop each Wednesday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We would love to hear from you. So if you have a wild case recommendation, email us at wildsidepodcast at gmail.com. That's wildside with a C. Or share your thoughts in the comments below. As always, if you haven't heard it today, you're loved, you're worthy, and you're valuable. And we'll catch you on the the flip flip side. side.